Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 171. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Have you heard the Creating Wealth podcast yet? It's Jason Hartman's podcast about real estate. There's over 700 episodes teaching you how to invest. If you like this podcast, you'll like his too. On today's show, we have my friend Nelson Davis. Nelson had a hit TV show for many years called Making It, where he interviewed entrepreneurs and found out the secret to their success. This is a great interview. I know you're going to like it. Here we go. I want to welcome to the show today, Nelson Davis, who is a friend and someone that I respect so much from all that he's accomplished. Welcome to the show, Nelson. It's a delight to be here with you, Linda. Ah, that booming voice. I love it. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll whisper then. (laughs) No, no, no. It's just you have the voice for broadcasting. That's all. (laughs) Thank you. And our audience is going to find out why in just a minute. But tell everyone your background and your story. Well, uh, A, uh, broadcasting has been the business, or I call it the media business, has been uh, pursued in this life for me. And I'm so fortunate to have been able to combine my fondness for business development and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial thinking with my my media background. But I, I, I started off as a a kid in a small town in Alabama, Andalusia, Alabama, and uh, that was at a time when uh, legally and other and, and culturally people were sort of separated in the South in small towns. And so I always saw business as a way for people to control their own futures and destinies and make progress and uh, community build. And that uh, led me to my pursuit of uh, the media business. At the age of 14, I decided I wanted to be in the radio business. More specifically, I wanted to be on the radio. And that's uh, that's what began me with that part of it. That's amazing. So did anyone ever tell you you had a voice for radio? Did you hear that? Was that one of the things that swayed you? No, remember, I, I was a, a kid living in a public housing uh, project, and there was nobody <laughs> nearby who worked in radio. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I so suppose, yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I just simply, I simply began to uh, go to the remote broadcasts that radio stations did back in those days, and I would stand outside the little trailers that they had for the talent, whoever was on the air, and I would look through the glass, and I'd say, I'd listen closely to how they spoke and what they did and so forth. And I started to simply try to emulate what these people were doing. That was it. Interesting. And so how did that progress into getting your first job? Oh, that's uh, the, the, the short story is in high school, Niagara Falls, New York High School, uh, I was uh, one of four students invited to uh, an internship at a local radio station. And that internship at a local radio station fired me up even more to say, maybe I can do this. Perhaps I can get there. And that started the path for me. 
And I love the positive thinking all along the way and the big dreaming. And, and that's, you know, so, something that we talk about is building a wealthy mindset before doing anything. And you certainly had that. You just naturally had it, I think. Well, uh, yes. Well, my eyes were always on the horizon. It's like the work that you do with your clients. You're usually trying to get their eyes up a little higher to see the possibilities in their life. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that, that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so how did it go from there to actually having your own TV show? <laughs> uh, once again, the short version. You know, things come together for a reason. I truly believe that, Linda. And uh, that background I had in radio for over a decade. And then I was also doing some television on the air. And then uh, I was an executive for the NBC television network in Burbank, California. Uh, And one day, and revelations come to us, I was tired of working in a job and I wanted to start something of my own in business. Now, I had been in several businesses before as partners, the the airplane rental business, the uh, submarine sandwich and pizza business in particular. I learned a lot along the way from the failures that were involved along the way. But then I said, what can I do with my fondness for entrepreneurs to put something on television that shows how smart these people are, that shows to every boy, girl, man, woman, wherever you are, the public housing project or in a villa someplace, that there's possibilities for them. And television became the way I wanted to do it. And so uh, the entrepreneurial thinking or lesson for me was go out and sell something. (laughs) If, Mm -hmm. If I didn't sell something, nothing would get made. So I went about finding some sponsors. Uh, in this particular case, I think it was Arco, perhaps AT&T, and at least one other. Ford Motor was in there too, I recall, to sponsor doing a television program on a weekly basis in Los Angeles that would highlight the work and the thinking and the accomplishments and the journey of men and women who have small businesses, who started their own businesses. I thought that would be a good example to put on the air, and it, it turned out to have a, a lifespan of being on the air for about 21 years plus. Isn't that amazing? And it was called yep. Making It. Correct. And so how, tell us more about, uh, so you had this concept. Tell us, go back to that time when you had this idea, you were finding sponsors. How did it all really come together? Well, you uh, fully understand, and I hope uh, that our listeners today understand uh, what I'm about to say. I have a concept called the three-legged stool, spoken like a kid who grew up around cows and pigs, which is the case with me. <laughs> they, so the three-legged stool. If you get three legs on a stool, then it's stable and something can happen. And for me, I see it as first you got a product. In this particular case, it was a TV show that would focus on the men and women of small business. Then you needed funding. In my case, that was to get some sponsors for the show. And three, third leg on the stool was distribution. And distribution in my case at the time, 1989, when I started the television show, was to have a broadcast television station who would put it on the air. And that happened to be KTLA-TV, Channel 5 in Los Angeles. By putting those three elements together, then all I had to do was work to put things together, you know, write, shoot, edit, all that book those kinds of things. But that was fun because I had the three solid legs on the stool. 
Wow, that's amazing. So was your connection at NBC tied into that television station or was that separate? No, that was a separate thing. I learned a lot at NBC. And like anyone who I think thinks entrepreneurially, there comes a day in your life when you say to yourself, whether you're the senior vice president for Megacorp or working in cubicle number 125 at Megacorp, you one time say to yourself, hmm, maybe I'm not the best employee, but I think I could be a good business owner. I got to do something. That's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So was this something that you had to take a lot of no's and rejection to get this to happen, or did it flow pretty easily? <laughs> you, ask good, you ask good questions. <laughs> they, uh, sure, there was a couple of no's along the way. In fact, uh, you mentioned NBC a moment ago, and it, uh, the first place I went was to a local NBC station, and that was uh, a quick no. And so then I began my journey around town, talking to people about the idea and hoping that they could see uh, a, a little bit of the vision that I had. I think anyone looking to grow their business should focus in the beginning on the story of what it means to them, perhaps what it will mean to consumers or the community. But people outside of yourself are interested in what it means to them or the big picture. So I think developing your compelling story is one of the important ingredients to developing your business life. I agree with that. And and so was overcoming rejection. So I want to, I, I definitely want to get to the heart of how much rejection did you have when pursuing this? Oh, goodness. I still have some of the letters of rejection. <laughs> <laughs> that I kept. A uh, one company said no to me as a sponsor. That was uh, uh, Arco. As a matter of fact, I have that letter in my files, and it's interesting that Arco wound up being one of my lead sponsors. Amazing. Uh, there was uh, the rejection of uh, two television stations. I got a yes at the third television station because I found that they had a problem they were attempting to address, and I positioned this making it television show as a solution to their problem. And so that's how I got a yes from them. But there was a, I would say all together on sponsors and television stations, there was probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about uh, a combination of about 12 rejections before the necessary yeses. That's not too bad from, you know, from what you hear about other things, other um, people that have had, tremendous success like you have. Sometimes you hear of, I don't know, hundreds of, of turndowns. That's why I was just curious to see. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. De- depending on how big the vision is, uh, the bigger the vision, the more turndowns you'll find. Mm-hmm. And maybe the more successful it's going to be, the more turndowns, too. I don't know. But yours certainly was a huge success. And I think way ahead of its time. I mean, I think of you know, what CNBC is doing with primetime right now, they're really focusing on entrepreneurs. And this is, you know, you were just so far ahead of everyone else. Where did this inspiration, how did, how did you think about this being on television? Was there anything else that motivated you or was it, it was just your pure idea, it sounds like? Well, you, you, you see it pretty clearly, Linda. The, uh, Ace, uh, Yes, I was ahead of my time starting on a local basis, certainly, but remembering I started in Los Angeles, which is a very diverse community, and if you did a map of this country 
and looked at hotbeds of activity for small business and entrepreneurial thinking, Southern California would be the the reddest of the spots on Mm -hmm. the map. I agree. uh, Because of what happens there. So, therefore, that that was a, a help to me. But the idea of entrepreneurs, to me, we hear so much about the world's problems, and any given day you turn on your TV set no matter where you are, and you get the six o'clock news or whatever, and it's one problem after another problem, adorned by another problem, adjacent to one problem that follows another problem. So the idea of what I could see in the faces and the real lives of business owners, to me, was an antidote to the problem thinking. If a person could see that they had a possibility to take their invention or their desire or their passion for making tortillas or whatever it might be and turn that into a business that could support them and their family, I thought that was worthy uh, because that's how I thought as a kid. I, I grew up in a poor family and I asked, how can I get beyond this place? And watching and listening to and asking questions of entrepreneurs was the solution for me. And I figured there had to be other people seeking a similar solution. Mm -hmm. And I think that's as true or more true today. Yes, we. Uh, I'm no sociologist, nor certainly am I a politician, nor am I totally politically correct. So as I look around, <laughs> as I look around at people in general, and certainly the generation of coming the one or two or three generations behind me, I see people who have become so reliant on others and other people's thinking that they sometimes don't take time to think for themselves or have confidence in their own thinking. And I think that small business or entrepreneurial thinking helps address that. Yes, I do too. And there's a lot of people who are listening who are working in corporate, maybe not so happy in their position, but they feel like they're somewhat locked in because they've got a mortgage to pay and kids going to college and all of that. So how do you suggest that someone start thinking about that transition to becoming an entrepreneur, what are some first steps they could do? A, uh, to give it some uh, serious thought, I think that the uh, the turning point quite often comes when, uh, if you're thinking of owning your own business or just dreaming of owning your own business, if it's at the dream stage and hasn't yet become a hard goal stage, and you say to yourself or you realize one day, Linda, that the frustration in your job has gotten to be about one or two degrees higher than the fear, then you begin to take steps. And the steps are the following. Get clear on what your true passion is. Because to start a business, launch it, grow it, is going to have frustrations, rejections, disappointments, and so forth involved. And so you need to be doing something that you're really passionate about. It'll take that passionate energy to sustain your drive in those tough days, whether it's lack of money, lack of sleep, lack of support, whatever the case may be. So choose something that you're very passionate about. It does not take a fortune. Some people go through the excuse mode when it comes to starting their business. They say, well, I don't have the time. Well, that's not true. We all have 24 hours a day. Nobody has more. I don't have the, and and fill in the blank as to why I don't have. So take time to put away any of the excuses and focus on your idea 
and begin to see a picture of you in that office or in that food truck or in that salon or in the situation that you're looking to live. The mental picture of you doing that thing that you're passionate about is necessary. And then the, 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 the what I call the factual steps, yes, business license, yes, decide on a name, yes, get a URL that uh, will become your website. All of those things will go into it. And then if you're still in your job, there are so many resources that you can read online, you can see things on YouTube that will help your thinking. Depending on where you live, there's uh, some branch of the Small Business Administration or their programs and extensions where you can get free classes on the necessary pieces, the factual pieces to starting your business. So, in effect, there are no real excuses that should keep you from developing your business idea. Exactly. And it sounds like you're also saying it doesn't cost that much to get started. So just put that in place and yeah. start while you're still in the job. Absolutely. Because a uh, uh, real life example for me, and uh, when uh, this is way back when I was in my early 20s with a friend of mine, a business partner, we started a, a submarine sandwich in business. Submarine sandwiches, not pieces, just submarine sandwiches. And uh, in less than eight, nine months, we went broke in that business. And uh, we asked, what can we do? Da, 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 da. My partner was not so high on the idea. But between us, and this is about $1971, between us, we had less than $1,000, or maybe $1,000, just under $1,000. And I said, we can start again. So the way I did it factually was I found a guy who was in the submarine sandwich business but who wasn't doing well and didn't like it, offered to take over his store. There was no charge in that. Uh, we had to buy materials, that's food and, and, and bread and so forth and so on, and those things, get a freezer. So that cost us about $500 at the time. And we timed it in a way so that we were able to take this existing store over on a Friday to get the revenue from the weekend so that we could possibly have money to buy more of the, or the goods that we needed on Monday. Uh, and so that's how the business basically started, under $1,000, taking over uh, another business that was sort of in the failure mode. And that time, we were successful. It grew to be a chain of about, uh, at its peak, about 14 stores. So that took less than $1,000 to get started. I say to people who come to me asking about starting business, I say, forget about the office and the fancy office. All you want is a telephone and perhaps some business cards. And these days, you can build a website as a business card reference for what, about uh, $250, or you can do it yourself for even less. So you, you don't need money to start. You need passion to start. Exactly. And that passion is what's going to carry people through when those times get tough. Because when you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work and you're That's happier. And yeah, it's just, you true. connect with it. Yeah. And to, to make that transition from your job, be careful, of course, because if you have uh, a wife or husband and or, and or kids and those mortgage and things that you mentioned earlier, you want to begin to save money, of course, and put it aside, labeled as my business idea, that sort of money that you put aside that you don't need for other things. And you can start your new business quite often while you still have your previous job. I, I break it down by hours. I say if I sleep eight hours, 
and work eight hours in my job, that leaves me eight hours of discretionary time. And if I give two of those hours per day to wanting to build my business idea, over the period of a year, that's a lot of hours. And I can learn a lot. I can save some dollars. I can quite often these days sample the business idea. I happen to know uh, an attorney in Los Angeles who works for the uh, county of Los Angeles as, uh, as a public defender. And this uh, person now has a thriving Amazon business selling items through Amazon. The amount of revenue that this person is getting now rivals the salary as an attorney in Los Angeles. So that transitional time is getting near. Now she's beginning to teach others how to do it, increasing the volume of what she sells on Amazon. And so that moment is coming for her about two years down the road from where she started. Now the, the moment is here now for her to say, okay, I don't have to be an attorney in that awful office anymore if I don't want to. That's right. So she started her side hustle. It can become her full-time position. And interestingly, that Amazon business is is very much a trend right now. We actually mm-hmm. did, a, did a podcast about that. So if listeners are interested in learning more about that, look up for, uh, I'll put in the, the show notes what uh, podcast that was on, but look up the podcast about starting a business on Amazon. That was um, a good good session as well. It's quite exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. It's really exciting because it's it's launching people into their own brands and those brands are being sold, you know, worldwide through Amazon and it's quite exciting. It's a it's quite a powerful business model. Yeah. Yes, if if you want to have a business there's so many tools uh, these days that can help one. And in my world from the television show we interviewed over a thousand entrepreneurs of all sizes and types and so forth and so on. Very diverse group of people. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking now to package that wisdom and I've started to write a book, The Wisdom of a Thousand Entrepreneurs, so that I can share the knowledge I've learned from those people and tell some of those stories in a way that it can be useful to anyone looking to think, not, not just think like an entrepreneur, but to actually be an entrepreneur for the first time in their life. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'd love to hear some of those lessons, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you mean there's things to learn? <laughs> well, one of those uh, things, if I was taking uh, just a couple of them that I've heard from these people um, in their offices, at their places of business, the key piece is to surround yourself with positive and able people. Yes. If if you have people around who are negative or not supportive, etc., then you're it's like you're trying to uh, run the 100-yard dash pulling a lead weight behind you. So that's one of the key ideas. Surround yourself with positive people and and when you have your dream articulated well, people will want to march in your army. People will want to come to help. People will offer you things, volunteer things, offer you knowledge, etc. So positive people is one of the keys. And uh, I, I have this principle that says, start where you stand and go with what you've got. 
we encounter so many people who say, I will do that when this happens, when, oh, when I get a raise in salary, or when my house is paid off, or when my child is out of school, or those sorts of things. But I believe that you start where you stand, wherever that is, and you go with what you've got, whatever you have. You don't have to wait for uh, to win the lottery. You don't have to wait for uh, an inheritance. You can start right where you are right now on whatever scale you can afford to do. And don't don't just sit around waiting for your ship to come in. I speak at a fair number of uh, gatherings, as I did this past week, and uh, these were people who were actually in business. And almost universally, they said in the question-answer uh, period, they said, you know, I was just sitting around and wasting time, and then one day, I decided to do something about my tree. <laughs> so that the action step is one of the uh, key Pieces, uh, as we talk a lot about success and uh, the businesses that we have interviewed for the Making It television show, and some of those can be seen online at makingittv.com, some businesses crash and burn. I told you a quick piece about my first story of the submarine sandwich business, crash and burn. And it takes something out of you. But in those moments, there are lessons to be learned. First lessons interestingly enough, are about yourself, more so than it is about what you may have done wrong in the business. But it gives you time and reason and provocation to ask yourself some fundamental questions. Am I made of the stuff that it takes to be independent and run a business? Not everybody is. And the sooner you get to the point of asking yourself that question seriously, the better off you'll be. And if you've had a business, started a business, and it simply didn't work out for some reason, that may give you the ultimate answer as to whether you are meant to be an entrepreneur or not. One of the stories we did was with a woman with a a beauty parlor in Los Angeles. And uh, she said that she felt that everybody should try to start a business because even if you fail, it tells you one important thing, that you're not meant to do that. (laughs) The uh, one of the the, the the things that I've found also is that most of us, including myself, when I started my business, I was working in the business. It was how I made a living. As I hired people and from one person to two people to three people to four people to five people, then sometimes I had to work harder on the business because now I had people that I was responsible for, that I wanted to show some leadership qualities to, those sorts of things. And a guy said to me one day, remember Nelson, if you're going to grow this thing, you have to work on the business, not just in the business. And that's one of the keys for anyone with a bigger dream. You, you, you get so many details and things you have to do and bills to pay and emails to read and so forth and so on. You have to put aside some time when you're away from the office usually or at night or early in the morning and just think about you and your dream, you and that enterprise. What can I do today to move myself closer to my dream. And that is the stuff that usually does not have to do with what I call the daily housekeeping of running a business. So work on the business as well as in the business. And uh, one of the things that I'm very fond of 
is spending time with other business owners. Now, that could be your board of advisors. You can have some people, four, five, six people, who give you advice on a regular basis or upon request. But hanging out with other business owners, and this is not meant to uh, to denigrate your normal family life, but quite often I found at home, be it a wife or a husband, they don't know your business. And the kids don't know your business. With other business owners, you can... Talk shorthand. In other words, if I say to you, well, you know, I've got this cash flow problem and there's a da da ba da ba ba and so forth and so on, another business owner will easily understand that and begin to ask questions and perhaps offer you some help or thinking or guidance. So from the very get-go, even before you've got dollar number one in the revenue side, to begin to talk to people and always talk to people who have done what you want to do. You, you may have you know a cousin, Billy, who's uh, your, your best friend, but if Billy hasn't built a business, then to talk to Billy about building a business is probably uh, a waste of time. And so to think in terms of the mastermind, as you've heard the term mastermind, obviously, I know that you have, Linda, because you've built masterminds, mm-hmm. but, but to have the mastermind mentality of sharing your thinking with people who quickly understand it, I think takes away one of the big barriers to moving your business enterprise forward. Mm -hmm. I do too. And so much of what you've talked about has to do with positive thinking, positive people, attitude, not quitting. You know, again, it goes back to so much of the power of what we do is really coming from our mind and our thoughts and our belief system. And if people don't have positive people to hang around with, then I suggest they listen to, you know, they read positive books or they listen to positive podcasts or tapes that can provide that positivity. Because really, the the whole the whole structure of success really begins with what we think about. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the things that impressed me about you when we first met, or I, I gained a bit of knowledge of your story dovetails with what I learned from the thousand entrepreneurs. If I had to go to one of their premises and, and, and direct the video myself, I always talked to them about the books in their office or asked what book was on their nightstand for them to read or what book was helpful to them in forming their business or, or sustaining them through the tough times that inevitably happen. And there were two books that uh, got to the top of the list. One of those books was Think and Grow Rich, that classic from Napoleon Hill. And I learned about you that in your family, your home as a, as a youngster, you were introduced to that book. And I thought, wow, that's great. The fact that you learned about Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich very early on in your life. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And what so, was the other book? What was the other book that they had on their shelf? Uh, quite often there was a Bible. Ah, okay. It, yeah, yeah, those were the two most popular books I ever saw in people's offices because uh, to succeeding in business is partly a, a, a spiritual journey as well. And whether it's the Bible or some other religious book is not the issue, but the, the, the part that it reiterated to me was your spiritual thinking, those, think, those thoughts that you have on your own, be they night or day or the middle of the day, that is part of the pursuit. I love it, Nelson. This has been so incredible. I'm just 
thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing your nuggets of wisdom and all your years of experience interviewing entrepreneurs. It's been a tremendous, tremendous help for a lot of people, I'm sure. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be in uh, in your programming because I've listened to a number of your podcasts and I tell you what you tell people is very helpful. It helps me and I'm sure that it helps clarify the prosperity thinking for others as well. Thank you so much for letting me be part of your world. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.